Hey, Kyoratato, blessings. Greetings to everyone all the way from Tairapati, New Zealand. My name is Ken Modi from Grace Tairapati, teaching pure grace. Amen. Bless you guys. So excited about tonight's video because this video is the beginning of a teaching series I'm doing on the two covenants that God gave to Israel. Amen. So, um, before we get started, um, my intention is to do a 30-minute video every Wednesday, 7.30. Join me. Um, now, also my intention is to cover every sentence with a scripture, with a Bible verse. But because we're doing live video, um, I assure you there's sometimes I forget. Sometimes I even misquote um, Bible verses. So if you pick any of, the, any of those times up, I invite you to um, write the verses in the comments below so that everyone watching can be edified and um, yeah, help us help us keep everything on track. Amen. Okay, two covenants that God gave to Israel. Um, why two covenants? Why two covenants that God gave to Israel? Well, in the Old Testament, you will find God made covenant promises or gave covenants to many different people. Okay. However, we're not going to be covering all those covenants God gave to individual people. We're only going to be talking about the two covenants God gave to Israel. Amen. Um, also, yeah, so why talk about these two covenants? How, how does that apply to me? How does it apply to you? How do the two covenants God gave to Israel apply to the rest of us? Well, um, God, in the Bible, you will see that God uh, related to humanity, to the human race, through these two covenants. Therefore, uh, the Bible is actually based on these two covenants. And when you don't understand the difference between these two covenants, um, because of an innocent, natural desire to, to obey the Lord and, and do whatever the Lord says, but when you don't understand the two covenants, what happens is you end up mixing the requirements of both covenants together and you get what we call a gospel of mixture. A gospel of mixture, which according to Paul, is another gospel. Well, we don't want another gospel. We want the gospel Jesus brought. Amen? Okay, so now the two covenants, the first covenant is called the covenant of law. The second covenant is called the covenant of grace. And um, John chapter 1, verse 17, John says, The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, note, grace and truth came together. Which really means there's no grace without truth. There's no truth without grace. Amen. Um, let's kick this off with just talking about the word covenant. What, is, what does the word covenant mean? What is a covenant? Well, a covenant is simply a legal binding contractual agreement. 
okay? And most likely, uh, you've made covenants with, uh, with people already. For example, contractual agreement is the same thing. Uh, there's an employment contract, uh, rent a house, rental contract, buy a house, mortgage contract. When you purchase something from a local store, hardware store, whatever, um, sometimes if it's a high, high ticket item, uh, you, you fill out a contract. Um, I just brought a speaker the other day and, and I fill out a contract and the contract the generic features of a contract is highlights the two parties of the agreement, highlights the price that's paid for the agreement, uh, the requirements of the agreement or responsibilities of both parties. And of course, contracts also come with benefits and penalties. Benefits, why you entered the agreement, and penalties um, is really highlighting what's the, what's the penalty if you break the agreement. Okay, so um, now when we talk about the covenants that God gave in the Old Testament, you will find the covenants divide into two kinds of covenants. There are some covenants that are simply covenant promises. And there are other covenants that are covenant agreements. What's the difference? A covenant promise is when God just promises something. A covenant agreement is when two parties sit down at the table and make a covenant agreement, a price is paid, requirements are stipulated, and of course, benefits of keeping the covenant and penalties if you break the covenant. Okay. And of course, the two covenants God gave to Israel the covenant of law, sometimes called the Mosaic Covenant. The Bible calls it the first covenant. Hebrews 8.13 calls it the obsolete covenant or old covenant, no longer of any, any use. And the second covenant, which is the covenant of grace, and in the church we tend to call the new covenant. Okay? Those two covenants. So, so that's my plan on this series is to um, try and keep this as simple as possible and uh, cover the two covenants so you can clearly see a contrast between the two. Because, because the problem when you don't understand the difference between the two covenants, you naturally, we naturally mix them together and you come up with, like I said, another covenant. Okay, we don't want another covenant, Galatians 1 verse 6 to 8. We definitely don't want another covenant. We want the we we want the covenant that Christ enforced, covenant that Christ brought. Uh, Galatians 4 tells us it's the only covenant that gives birth to the sons of God. Amen. Okay, let's begin with the first covenant God gave to Israel. The covenant of law. Covenant of law. And, you know, Fano, like everything, when we talk about uh, any given subject, it's really important to have some foundations on the topic. Because when we don't have um, foundations to the concept or the subject, um, sometimes there is some information that it doesn't, 
doesn't feel like it's got anywhere to fit. Okay, especially if you've already got uh, an idea or a belief of a subject when something new comes, when you don't have biblical foundations, sometimes you find the new information has got nowhere to fit. But when we build foundations, um, then no matter what God speaks, you will find it will naturally just slip into place. Amen. So we're starting our conversation talking about the old covenant, the covenant of law. And to kick us off, we're going to look at some foundations, foundations of this subject or this covenant of the law. For example, um, the old covenant and the Ten Commandments are exactly the same thing. Because the Ten Commandments are the words or the requirements of the Old Covenant. Okay, that's Exodus uh, 34, verse 28. The words of the covenant are the Ten Commandments. Okay, so that's why the Old Covenant is also called the Ten Commandments. Also, the Ten Commandments and the law are exactly the same thing. Okay. Uh, on Mount Sinai, God gave Israel the first covenant, which is called the law, or it's also called the Ten Commandments. Romans 7 verse 7 says, this is Paul speaking, For I did not know sin until the law said, Thou shalt not covet. Who said? The law. Thou shalt not covet is the Tenth Commandment. So the law, uh, this is a foundation to the subject, the law, understanding the law, the Ten Commandments, and the First Covenant or the Old Covenant are exactly the same thing. It's actually a package, okay? It's a package, but they're called, the, uh, those three names are given to the same thing, the First Covenant God made with Israel. Another important foundation to understand if we're going to be talking about the law is understanding a, a definition of what it means to keep the law. Okay, that was the requirement of Israel in that covenant agreement. Keep the law. So remember the law and the Ten Commandments are the same thing. Uh, let me add something else. There's no such thing as keeping only 10 commandments, okay? When the Bible talks about keeping 10 commandments, it's talking about keeping all the commandments God gave to Israel. Uh, one way of looking at this is on Mount Sinai, God gave 10 commandments to Israel, okay? So in the contractual agreement, the requirements were the 10 commandments. Sometimes when you look at a contractual agreement, you have the requirements, and the requirements are generally a brief description of responsibility. And then what you will find sometimes is there is another few more pages added called clauses. And what the clauses are, are simply a breakdown of the initial requirements, or the clauses uh, explain the application of the requirements. So that's the relationship between the Ten Commandments 
and the and the other 603 laws Moses or God gave to Moses okay God gave to Israel through the hand of Moses okay um, let me let me just say that again there's no such thing as keeping just 10 commandments <clears throat> okay why is that because when God made a covenant with Israel on Mount Sinai, you'll find this in Exodus chapter 24, verses uh, 6 to 8. When God made the covenant with Israel, Moses was the mediator. God's part was to, was to present the requirements, which is the Ten Commandments. Israel's part was, their confession was, we shall do all. We shall obey all that the Lord has said. So in other words, by their confession, Israel's part of the covenant was to obey all that the Lord had said. In other words, every commandment that the Lord had said, not just 10, but every commandment. Okay, That is why the definition of keeping the law for Israel wasn't just keeping 10 laws. It was keeping 613. Okay, 613 laws. So, so the biblical definition to keeping the law is to keep all the law. In other words, all 613 laws of God. Okay, no such thing as keeping just 10. And there's definitely no such thing as, as cherry picking which law you want to keep. Okay. In Galatians 5.3, Paul said this. If you keep one law, you're obligated to keep the whole law. In other words, if you keep one law, you're obligated to keep all 613 laws. The Apostle James also added that when we, if you um, offend in one point, you're guilty of all. And in the context, he's referring to if you break one law by default, you break all the laws, all 613. Can, can you see why it was impossible for Israel to keep the law? Beside the fact the law is against the human nature. Okay? Israel couldn't keep the law. Israel couldn't keep the law. By keeping one law, you're obligated to keep the whole law. And remember, in Galatians 5.3, Paul is talking to Christians. If you keep one law, you are obligated to keep the whole law, all 613 laws. James also is talking to Christians. And he added, and if you um, break one law, you are guilty by default of breaking the whole law. James chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And so it was impossible for anybody to keep the law. Nobody's actually ever kept the law. Not King David, a man after God's own heart. Not any of the prophets. Not any of the apostles. Nobody except Christ. Jesus is the only one who's ever kept the Ten Commandments. Jesus is the only one who's kept the law. In fact, even people who demand Christians are supposed to keep the Ten Commandments, they've never kept the Ten Commandments. Because the Bible is clear on that point. Nobody has ever kept the law except for Christ. Amen? 
that's a very important foundation to this topic. Another foundation to this topic is understanding God only made a covenant of law with Israel. Yes, God only gave the Ten Commandments to Israel. God only placed the obligation to keep and obey the Ten Commandments, keep and obey all 613 laws. He only made that covenant with Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 3 tells us, this is Moses speaking. And Moses said, God didn't make this covenant, the covenant of law. God didn't make this covenant with our fathers, referring to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But God made this covenant with us who are here today. So you have to ask yourself, who was with Moses on that day in the middle of desert? Only Israel. Only Israel. The Ten Commandments was only given to Israel. The law, the covenant of law was only made with Israel. It was a, it was a marriage covenant. So much so, God became their husband. Jeremiah 31, 31. God became their husband and Israel became the wife of God. And in essence, because the, uh, the law is a shadow of better things to come, so we can see in the ultimate all prophetic pictures of things that would be um, that would be revealed uh, in Christ. Okay, so so Israel being the wife of God, God being the husband, those are shadows of the church being the bride of Christ, and Christ being the bridegroom. Okay, only Israel was given the law. Um, another foundation is understanding when Moses gave the law to Israel, it was given at that time with an expiry date. Okay? The law, the Ten Commandments, was given with an expiry date. And one verse we can look at um, to point that out is I'm going to bring this up, Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Okay. I'm still learning how to drive this thing. Okay, Galatians 3, 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? In other words, what was the purpose of the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come. Now note that word, till, or until. That word identifies an expiry date. Let me read that verse again. Wherefore then serveth the law. What was the purpose of the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come. Okay, and of course, if you read further down to verse 25, then it goes on to say that, um, but after faith has come, Israel was no longer under the schoolmaster. The schoolmaster for Israel was the law, the Ten Commandments. The schoolmaster, teacher, guide, and disciplinary 
disciplinarian for the church, that's us, is the Holy Spirit. Two different schoolmasters. But when you don't understand the difference between the two covenants, like I said, out of a desire to obey everything you, you read in the Bible, that's a natural desire. But without understanding, you mix the two covenants together and um, you create another gospel. Amen? You create another gospel. So, uh, expiry date. The law had an expiry date. And while I'm on that point, we're going to cover it later on in, in, in more detail. But while I'm just mentioning that point, let me give you a few more Bible verses to establish that expiry date, when Christ came. Okay, And Christ's coming is a reference to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's the cross that changed everything. It's the cross that separated the law of Moses from the law of Christ, or what we call the covenant of grace. It's the cross that separates the covenant of law from the covenant of grace. Amen? And, and just to establish that point that uh, the law, uh, the ministry of the Ten Commandments expired on the cross, let me give you a few more verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 says that the ministry of the Ten Commandments, which is another name for the law, was done away, was done away. You go down to verse 13, it goes on to say it was abolished. Now, I can hear someone say, but didn't Jesus say in Matthew 5, 17 and 18, he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it? Well, that's true. In that time, okay, Jesus came, to fill the law. And let me ask you this question. When did he completely fulfill the law? On the cross? Before he laid down his life. That's why his final cry was, it is finished. Or the law has been fulfilled or accomplished. Amen? And so that's why Romans 10, 4 says Christ is the end of the law. John 1, 17 tells us the law came by Moses. It was Moses who mediated the law between God and Israel. Only Israel, remember? So Moses brought the law, but Christ ended on the cross. Ephesians 2, 12 tells us that the commandments that were against us Referring to the law or the Ten Commandments, the law that was against us, there's a hostility between the human flesh and the, and the righteousness of God. Okay? That covenant on the cross, Ephesians 2.12, tells us was nailed to the cross. It ended on the cross. That covenant agreement ended on the cross. That covenant marriage with Israel ended on the cross. That's why Romans uh, 7, 4, um, Paul speaking to those who know the law, that, um, that when 
Israel embraced Christ, when Israel died with Christ, the Jew became dead to that covenant marriage to the law. Okay? Free to marry another, even Christ. Okay? And as a Gentile, because we, we're dead, we're dead to everything. But specifically, Romans 7.4 points out or highlights Israel, by receiving Christ, Israel became dead to the law. They were no longer bound into that covenant marriage. Okay? Wherefore, they are free to marry again, even to Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, Hebrews 8, 13 tells us that the first covenant God gave to Israel, the covenant of the law, was made obsolete and is ready to vanish away. So obsolete um, means to, is no longer valid, because like we said on the cross, it was done away, it was abolished, it was cancelled. And you'll see on the tail end of verse 13, it, it, it inserts in there and is ready to vanish away. And that's a reference to the fact that even though Christ replaced the covenants on the cross, the Jews continued the practice of keeping the law as if nothing had changed. It was, it was business as usual. Christ had done away with the law. He had enforced the new covenant, uh, Hebrews 9.17. Uh, however, the Jews, because of the hardness of their heart and spiritual blindness, they carried on business as usual. And um, so I've just given you four verses that tells us the, the law, the ministry of the Ten Commandments was cancelled on the cross. And uh, here's another one. Five is the number of grace. Hebrews 10, 9. And this is Jesus speaking prophetically through the Psalms. Hebrews 10, 9 says, I came to remove the first covenant and establish the second covenant. Remove the covenant of law and establish the covenant of grace. Amen? Wow. Our time's gone really fast. Um... Yes, yeah, so, so I want to tell you right now, we're barely scraping the surface. We are barely scraping the surface of the two covenants God gave to Israel. Let me, let me remind you, why are we talking about the two covenants? Because if you don't understand the difference between the two covenants, you will naturally mix them together. Have you ever heard someone say, believe and obey everything in your Bible? So like an innocent new convert, what do we do? We start from Genesis with a, with a genuine desire to believe and obey everything in our Bible from Genesis to Revelation without realizing that human, human history God has related with humanity through two covenants. Wherefore, the Bible is actually based on these two covenants that God gave to Israel. Okay? And the first covenant was only given to Israel. The second covenant was given to all men. Okay, the scripture says that Christ removed the wall that was between Jew and Gentile 
So he could make out of the two, one man or one body of Christ of all nations. Okay. And what was that wall? It was the law. It was the law that separated all the other Gentile nations from that marriage covenant between God and Israel. It was the law. And so Hebrews 10, 9, Christ himself, speaking prophetically through the Psalms, Psalmist tells us he came to remove that wall, to remove the first covenant, to remove the ministry of the Ten Commandments, to remove obligation, to keep all the commandments of God so that he could establish the covenant of grace. And why do you think he wanted to establish the covenant of grace? Well, Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 to 30, explains it clearly, okay, that the covenant of law can only make slaves. Okay, the, the law makes you a slave. How, do you, how does the law make Israel a slave? Well, when you can't keep your, um, when you can't meet your debts and your obligations to someone, okay, what happens? You become indebted to them, okay? And that's what the Bible refers to as Israel being slaves. They, was, they were slaves naturally when they came out of Egypt, and but by coming under the law, they became slaves because they were not able to meet their part of the bargain. And don't be too hard on them. No one. No one in all human history has ever been able to keep the law except for, for Christ. Only one. Only one person. Okay, so we're going to stop there. Um, and um, yes, this is such a, a, a huge banqueting feast. This is such a, a humongous subject it reaches this banqueting table reaches eternity past to eternity future okay and um but god is doing something really powerful in this season there's a new sound coming from heaven god is restoring accurate doctrine to mature the sons of god that's what the lord's doing in this season church he's maturing his people and there's one thing that gives us light for our feet and direction for our path. And that's the word of God. Amen. We'll leave it there. My name's Ken Modi-Devi. Tairafati all the way from New Zealand. Bless you all. If anything I've said resonates with you, then I want to tell you, you are marked for what God is doing in this hour. If anything I've said so far, um, you've heard and you're, and you're hearing and you're understanding, um, I want to tell you that's the sound that's coming from heaven. And God is speaking globally. God is speaking globally. And um, he's calling us into the season. He's calling us into this restoration of truth. And, and I don't know about you, but when I first started hearing these things I'm sharing with you, I never ever heard these before. I've never ever heard these things taught in church. But I know by the people I've met, by, by um, you know, scanning social media, God is speaking this message globally. It's the message of grace because 
The gospel of Christ is not a gospel of rules and regulations. The gospel of Christ is the gospel of the grace of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll talk to you again. Carry on our conversation next Wednesday, 7.30. Join me. Thank you, Lord.